while you want to be focused and you want to set the right targets and the right strategic goals, you also have to be constantly reviewing things and be flexible enough to pivot if necessary or to shift focus and resources to where it's needed most. And I think that's the I think that's the hardest thing when when people are starting off is to be focused and to prioritize. And that means that you have to sort of push other things or, or park them for the time being. You can't do everything. Welcome to Retention Talk. I'm Neil Desai, and we're talking to the best minds in the world of product and customer success to bring you actionable strategies on reducing churn and boosting retention. This week, we're talking to John Golden, Chief Strategy and Marketing Officer at Pipeliner. In this episode, we talk about the perpetuity of customer experience, how engaging your customers about usage can lead to renewals and expansion, and pay close attention to what John says about what gives you the best opportunity to succeed. Let's get to it. John, thank you so much for being with us here today. I am super pumped to learn more about, you know, some of the things you guys are doing to, to work on retention. One thing before we sort of dive into some of the fun details is I'd love to hear more about how you ended up uh, at Pipeliner and uh, what your role is and, and you know, what's what's your story? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was running two companies for for a, a parent company in Forma that uh, had a lot of performance improvement companies. And I was running Hothwaite, which was a sales performance improvement consultancy uh, that did spin selling, the Neil Rackham uh, research and book, and then Omega Performance, which was financial uh, you know, credit training for banks. And I was there for about eight years, I think. And then the parent company uh, decided to sell the performance improvement businesses and so I helped them through that process of uh, helping sell them to, to a private equity company. And then we were living on the East Coast in Virginia at the time and decided to come back to California and to San Diego. And I decided this was time to do something new. So I, I set, started to set up my own management consultancy. And one of my first uh, clients happened to be Nicholas Kimler, the uh, founder and owner of Pipeliner CRM. And when I started working with them, one of the things that struck me immediately was that Pipeliner really had the potential to be that sales-oriented CRM that I had always been looking for. And I had always wished that my clients had when we were working on sales performance improvement. And so I did a couple of projects with him. And then he came back to me one day and said, uh, you know, would you be prepared to give up, you know, building your own business right now and come along and help me um, and partner with me in 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 expanding and then bringing Pipeliner to market. And after contemplating for a while, I thought this was a fantastic opportunity. Love the product. There was a lot we could do together. And so in the end, I said, yeah, I'll come on board and you know, help with strategy. I'll help with marketing. Um, and then I'll just you know help with being a partner to, to the founder and, and just building the business. That's awesome. Quite the journey, I'm sure, from from obviously just being a consultant to, to now obviously being a, a big part of the team and, and carrying this forward. I guess as you as you guys, you know, continue to expand and, and clearly you guys have a product customers love, what are some of the biggest challenges you're sort of tackling today as as we, you know, come out of COVID and, and into the new year? It's not COVID related. It's just that obviously there are some eight hundred pound or there is an eight hundred pound gorilla in the CRM market and there are other companies in the market who spend 
a ton of money on marketing, quite frankly, you know, probably spend like 90% of their, their money on marketing and about 10% on the product. And we have always taken the opposite approach in terms of like, we've always invested really heavily in the product because we want the product to be the best it can be. And we really want it to be effective. So our challenge is just continuing to you know, build brand awareness and more people to know us in the marketplace. And we've always found that the best way of doing that is to is to have the best product and the best customer success and customer service, and then to use and to leverage the success with our customers to gain more customers. But as I said, I mean, the biggest challenge is that you have these larger companies or these companies who have a lot of money who just pump a ton of money into marketing and uh, and we're more we're all about quality in the product that makes sense i imagine you know you guys are in a relatively dense market as far as competition goes right and so sometimes it's probably unreasonable to outspend or outcompete some of the bigger dogs i i guess one of the things i'm curious about is given that you can't you know compete on on sort of marketing spend it, it's 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 really important you guys retain your existing customer base to the best of your ability and and obviously a large part of that is building a product people really love you mentioned, you know, an emphasis on customer success. Tell me more about what that looks like at Pipeliner and, and, and to what extent, you know, you guys might be approaching it differently to, to ensure success or positive outcomes for your customers. Yeah. And by the way, the other, the, just before we get into that, just saying like, yeah, I mean, we can't spend like millions and millions of dollars every month on, on Google ads or whatever, like some of them do, but we have a very strong content marketing strategy that has served us really well and has allowed us to, I would say we do that better than anybody does. So we can outdo our competitors on our content marketing. Uh, and it's been, it's been phenomenal. But yeah, getting to your other point, one of the things is that look at customers on a continuum, if you like, you know, so customer experience is really important. And that that has to be from the moment they engage with your brand to uh, when they become a customer and beyond. All of the experiences they have with the organization and with interacting with Pipeliner, you know, have to be of the highest quality. So that is something that we we focus a, a lot on, uh, you know, we make sure that when we're engaging even with, with prospects that we do it in a very discovery oriented, we make sure we, we engage properly, we understand the business, you know, we're, we bring the right people in on the opportunity to make sure that the the prospect has the has the resources on our side to make a a very well informed decision and understand how you know they can how their business can be impacted by leveraging the platform and then we we bring them on board and train them and then we support them afterwards with multiple different uh, ways uh, you know we have obviously customer support we have training um, videos we have chat features where you can get help immediately we have um, you know a great knowledge base we have we have more I think we have more than anybody else in terms of multiple different ways of helping our customers and we we, we try to make them as self-sufficient as possible but we're always there to help but key to key to all of this is though we have built a platform that doesn't require full-time administration. We've made it as simple as possible. And we have a very uniform navigation, everything. So it's very easy to understand and use that way that our customers are not struggling with just kind of getting people up and running on the basics of the system. That's really simple. They can get up very fast and, and, and get going. And this is the feedback we get. So what that does is allows them to start looking at more advanced features or or focusing in on particular areas and we help them with that so that's what our customers really appreciate is that they can get to 
doing more with the platform than they would normally be able to do with most systems much faster. I'm sure, you know, your customers fall on the spectrum from completely self-serve all the way to high touch, uh, needing support from CSMs. Something I'm curious about, and, and it seems like you guys are doing a lot from this perspective, like how do you measure success when it comes to these initiatives? Like what are some North Star metrics you and the team sort of align on to, to know if you're ultimately successful in, in doing this effectively? Yeah, there's a number of things we do. Obviously in a SaaS business, the retention metric is pretty straightforward whether the customer renews or not so churn is obviously a key metric and oftentimes not just um, renew but actually you know expand so the measurement if there is opportunity for expansion that's a great measurement are we expanding our footprint within the customer are they using more of the product we look very carefully at how they're using uh, the platform so that we can make sure that we can help them use more and more of it and, and, and more components of it. So that's another one. And then when we when we uh, do reviews, business reviews with, with customers, we literally ask them on a scale of one to five, tell us how we're doing. And then depending on the score, you know, the different conversation, we have those quantifiable ones in terms of renewals, expanding the footprint, expanding the wallet share there, the success of the customer's initiatives themselves. So we're very keen to understand uh, that we're serving their business initiatives and we have them score us. I love it. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it doesn't get any more black and white than than uh, asking your customers directly, right? On one, how much they like your product, but yeah. Yeah, and, and what's great is, I mean, uh, is customers, generally speaking, are pretty candid too, so it's good. And even when people say, oh, it's a five, we still sort of go further and say, okay, what else can we do? And are there other things still that we can uh, can improve on? Is there anything surprising you've learned from those feedback responses that was perhaps, yeah, just surprising that you guys took action on? Yeah, and, it, and I guess it it's surprising and it's not surprising at the same time. I think that, as you know, and we're all guilty of this, like we'll buy a product and we'll start using part of it and then we'll we'll have all the best intentions of, you know, let's use more and more of it, but but you know, work gets in the way. And so what we sometimes find is, you know, customers are not are not as using the platform to its fullest or are uh, using some components that could really help them. And it's just because they're either too busy or they're not aware of it or they've forgotten about it. So that's why it's really important to have a continuous communication with them so that you can say, oh, I see you're not using this. Like, is there a reason why? And then, then they'll go, oh, actually, yeah, we, we meant to get around to it. So then we can help them with implementing that and understanding how to use it better and resources to do that. But I think, yeah, I think, you know, sometimes it's surprising how people overlook or, or forget about certain components that can really help their business. And they're very grateful when we sort of remind them or point it out to them. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And and I'm sure it's like this is a great thing for the product team to have, too, because it's like, you know, sometimes when customers are able to give feedback in this sort of structured manner, like is when the real gems come through. So that's awesome. And I mean, the thing is, as you know, you can build a product and, you know, your product specs and everything. But the minute you put it in the hands of customers, they're going to use it sometimes in ways that you never could have imagined. To your point, as you guys have grown the product and your customer base has, has the use cases or buyer personas really like, have they evolved from what you're initially, you know, assumed they were? To a degree, we have our, our business, you know, we have moved more and more kind of upstream, if you like, in terms of 
the size of, of customers and, you know, large customers and enterprise customers. And, you know, we really are a, a product for, you know, medium to larger organizations that have decent sized sales teams that, that believe in process, sales process, et cetera. So in a way, yeah, I would say our have our buyer personas changed a little bit. Sure, as we have moved more more upstream, it's more of the case that there's more people involved in the buying process. As you know, the minute when you get in B2B sales and particularly as you go mid-market and large company and enterprise, you're, you're not dealing with one person uh, or even two people. I mean, you're, you're dealing with a bunch of different people who are involved in, the, in a buying process and all have different perspectives on what they want and, and what they need. And, they, and you have to make sure that you can address all of those. And that's why one of the reasons we built our relationship, our visual relationship mapping capabilities into the product where you can in pipeline or where you can put a visual org chart, you can create a visual org chart, then you can create a buying center for an opportunity. Because as you know, you can have you can have your org chart, which is hierarchical, but in a in a buying situation, it could be that somebody who's lower in the org chart is actually the decision maker or there's an influencer who isn't even in that department or whatever. So being able to build out that political map visually is really incredibly important. So we do that ourselves, and that's a capability then we built into the product. So we have the most visual um, org charts, buying center, relationship graphs, where you can actually build out the relationships and you can actually even bring in other people like consultants, even people that are external to that company, but have an influence so you can get a really comprehensive view. And that's what we try to do when we engage with people is get a really good comprehensive view of the organization. That makes sense. What would you tell John from five years ago as it relates to this? Any advice or for other folks who are perhaps earlier stage in their business, you know, struggling with some of this stuff? I would say focus and prioritization. And I think that's the that's the toughest thing uh, early stage in a business because you tend to be running around doing lots of things. Often everything seems like a good idea. And so, you, you know, there's an old saying somewhere, you know, that if you if you chase two monkeys, you won't catch either. Something like that. Probably totally mangling that. But I think that is the key thing is focus and you have to focus in on figuring out who your target customer really is because in early stage there's always that temptation to think oh everybody potentially my customer well everybody's never your potential customer even though you know you may you may think so on the surface so really focusing in and, and figuring out that buyer persona and then prioritizing your resources and making sure that uh, everybody is aligned around what the strategic initiatives are and that you're continually reviewing things. And I think that's the most important thing. Like business is dynamic and buyers are dynamic. Um, and as we've seen with the with the pandemic, I mean, you never know what's going to come out of left field. So while you want to be focused and you want to set the right targets and the right strategic goals, you also have to be constantly reviewing things and be flexible enough to pivot if necessary or to shift focus and resources to where it's needed most. And I think that's the I think that's the hardest thing when when people are starting off is to be focused and to prioritize. And that means that you have to sort of 
push other things or, or park them for the time being. You can't do everything. And the other thing I would say, too, is sometimes it takes a little longer than you would like or you think it's going to. You know, you have to have the energy to keep pushing forward, but you also have to have the patience and the realism to understand, OK, we actually are making great progress right now. Yeah, maybe I wanted to be a little bit further forward from where I am right now. But actually, we've come a very long way and we're doing fine and actually pushing things too much would be detrimental. That makes sense. Cool. Well, no, John, this has been this has been super helpful. How do people find you or your product if, if they're interested in learning more? Yeah, it's PipelinerSales.com or search for Pipeliner CRM. If you want to find me, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, John Golden. Always happy to to connect with people. Always happy to help people if they if they have any questions or, or want any insights. So PipelinerSales.com and just find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, thanks, John. Appreciate the time. And thanks for sharing some wisdom today with us on the podcast. Yeah, listen, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. A huge thank you to John for giving his time today. With his help, you've got some retention nuggets to take with you in the world of customer success. To recap, we talked about the perpetuity of customer experience. A customer's journey isn't impervious to ending, which means you should be ready to serve at a moment's notice. It's nice to think that you can just set it and forget it when it comes to product usage, but learnings are there to be had. Next, we talked about how engaging your customers about usage can lead to renewals and expansion. There are certain metrics you're going to need to measure that your customers can't access, but on the flip side, your customers may use your product in a way contrary to what you envisioned. There's only one way to find out about how they feel. Ask. And last, we talked about how being focused and constantly vigilant gives you the best opportunity to succeed. While it's easy to think that anyone could be a customer, the reality is that your resources are best spent focusing on the right customers. Constant measuring and testing will help you determine if things like your profiles are accurate or if the note cards you pinned to the bulletin board three years ago belong in the trash. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Retention Talk. Don't forget to subscribe at retentiontalk.com. And if you want to help spread the word, tag me on Twitter at neildesai 23 And let's dish on today's episode. Please give us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice and let your friends know as well. If you know a great guest, hit me up at neil at profitwell.com. This has been a Profitwell Recur production, the largest, fastest-growing media network dedicated to the world of subscriptions. Subscriptions.